Welcome to Happy Hour. Happy Friday, everybody. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And this is, in theory, one of the more exciting weekends of football, uh, really in sports in general of the year. You've got the Lions, and they're going into Baltimore after having just beaten the Bucks, the first-place Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road, having done... Some really good things already this season. They've already gone and beaten two teams that are first in their respective divisions and gone and done it on the road. And now you're going into Baltimore, where if you pull this off, you end up going 6-1 and one here and end up beating yet another team that is actually a real power in their division, beating yet another division leader. Yes. I feel like now we can start talking at that point about the Lions as a contender. Not just winning the NFC North. Not just getting a home playoff game or even two home playoff games. I feel like we start talking, shall we say, winning the NFC title game. That starts to become a real possibility. I'm not going to say those other two words because you know know it's going to jinx us to... No, like no other. If I do that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold myself back on that. I don't but, think we're illegally allowed to say that name anyway. Well, we, I'm, you're, we have to call it the big game. Well, technically, that's only if you're using it in advertising of some sort. That's not an actual NFL part. Like I can ah. I can I can just say the you know I'm, I'm no, not gonna do it. Don't you dare. Because that's like I said, I don't want to curse this team here before we get to that point. But that's an exciting thing, and honestly. Is more exciting than what would normally be the highlight of our college football season locally, that being the battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Michigan. Michigan State. Normally, this is the one that would probably take precedence here. But this weekend, it doesn't. I And I am honestly a bit curious. Is there anyone left out there that is going to be devoting more of their attention, that is going to be more excited by, interested by, the Michigan-Michigan State game, then by this Lions-Ravens matchup. Uh, I think those those people who are already more into college football are going to be paying attention to that. And I know a lot of people who are just, you know, I'm not a big fan of the NFL. I'm more of college. Those people are going to be paying attention. But we haven't found ourselves in this situation very often where the Lions are very competitive. It's uh, They're doing things that we haven't seen them do. Some people have never seen them do. And yet, in college, it's really, I mean, not that exciting of a matchup. Unless State wins, then it's going to be, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe I was watching a different game. And and that's the only way I see this really being of any great excitement to anybody. Because, I mean, Michigan's expected to beat State. They're a 24-point favorite here, and I fully expect them to win, like, 50 to nothing. Like, I don't put that out. Like, State's going to take all the the punishment from Michigan over their current issue with with the scouting and the spying and the stealing signs or whatever, which, as I've said, that that whole thing is, is honestly a load of garbage. Like, realistically, there are more teams that are doing this than will admit to it. Apparently, Michigan is like literally employing like this naval officer, basically like a professional real life code breaker, to go out there and watch these games. And honestly, I'm kind of impressed by that. Like, I'm not even, I can't even be mad about that. <laughs> like, you literally, <laughs> a guy, crew cut, glasses, suit, earpiece. <laughs> He's watching the game. Sir, would you like a beer? 
Uh, uh, Bravo Tango, tango uh, Foxtrot, yes. <laughs> like, I'm honestly not even mad about that. Like, you, you're actually going and actually did something pretty, pretty smart, except for the part where you got caught doing it. Like... I can't really even take that away from you. That like this falls to me very much under the "if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying" clause, and I'm not gonna sit here and clutch my pearls over it. I'm actually kind of annoyed that there was a possibility that State or any of the other teams that were being scouted in this way had given real consideration to calling calling off the game, not playing it at all. Like that would have been even more disappointing, but now the problem is that Sparty is basically going to be the recipient of every bit of anger in Michigan versus everybody nonsense that's going to come. Like, Because there's nothing that Jim Harbaugh is better at than playing the victim, play, being aggrieved. It's like that team stock and trade, like when they were talking about, oh, we bully the bullies when they were playing Rutgers, a team that is basically the college football equivalent of the nerd you used to shove into a locker in high school. <laughs> but you're bullying the bullies. Like, I don't know how these guys manage to just always concoct some sort of narrative around these things. I really don't truly understand that at all and how, like, anyone actually believes it. But be that as it may... Not going to be an exciting game. Like it's projected to be a blowout. Like when the the only way this gets exciting is if somehow state is still in it at halftime. And quite frankly, that's the only way I'm even going to turn this thing on. Like I'm not. I don't plan on watching the first half of this game. I'm I'm not even going to tell you otherwise. Like I'll probably check in. I mean, granted, we're we're going to be out partying it up anyway. But I I might check in like at halftime on my phone see if like. Oh my God! They're actually keeping this a competitive game. Quick, put on the TV and watch. Let's watch our hopes be all dashed in real time. <laughs> because I, I don't see how this could be a game that's of interest to almost literal anybody. When, when compared to the Lions, I feel like that has to take the Lions' share of the excitement. You know, no pun intended, among the Michigan sports faithful, because that's actually a game where the Lions have something to prove and could do something like they haven't gone six and one to start a season i believe since 1956 wow like we're talking before the lions last won a championship that's how long ago it that that's how rare of a thing this is here and to to start off that way really i feel like if you win in baltimore on sunday i don't feel like at that point there's any team you can't beat Maybe San Fran, maybe, and even then, you you have at least half a chance. Like at that point, I'm willing to put you up against any team in the NFC right now. Like I, I'll, I think you could beat the Eagles. And here's a crazy thing: we're not even. <laughs> yeah, they could. They lost to the Jets. True, but the, the Jets have an elite defense, though. Like that's that's the the problem with teams like them and like the Browns who beat the breaks off the Niners last week is. Those guys went up against elite defenses. Like, Sauce Gardner might be one of the best defensive players in the National Football League, and and Salah's got that defense playing lights out. Cleveland does have the best defense in the NFL right now. So, I mean, it's funny to laugh at because there's no offense on either of those teams to speak of. I mean, Cleveland's literally throwing out an XFL quarterback while Deshaun (laughs) Watson's been out. But the fact remains that, honestly, I think if you can go in and beat three division-leading teams on the road, which 
is not an easy thing to do in the National Football League. If you can do that, you can take any literal anybody at home, and you can probably take most teams in the league on the road, too. Like, I think you could go into Philly and beat the Eagles right now. I think you could at least give the Niners a good run for their money in San Fran, and I think you could beat them at home. I don't think that's that much of a stretch to say that. And whoever thought we'd be looking at that as even a remote possibility at the start of this season? Not I. I could see Hutchinson sacking Hurts or Garoppolo. Uh, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Yeah, I mean, Brock I mean, Purdy, yeah. I mean, he'll definitely do that, too, when they go and play the Raiders later this season. Raiders, yeah, okay, yeah. Because they do, they do have that matchup coming up, and that should be another gimme of a win. I believe that is in Vegas, but I like your odds there. Because mostly, I mean, in, in part because Josh McDaniels is a completely incompetent head coach. But the, the point remains, like, you can hang with any team. You can beat any team in this league at home. You can beat 95% of them on the road. And your path only gets easier from here. If you beat, if you manage to beat the Ravens on the road this week, you have the Raiders at home after that. Then you have a bye. Then you play kind of a flailing Chargers team whose coach is probably getting fired out of a cannon at the end of this season. Then you get two games against division rivals, the Bears who are trash. You have five games left against NFC North teams. And everyone in your division is a flaming dumpster fire right now. You have the Saints who aren't good. You have the Broncos who are almost as big of a joke as the Bears, if not more so. The only team really that's much of a threat the rest of the way is the Cowboys in Jerry World, and you know what? I think you can beat them on the road, too. 14-3 and three certainly is doable here. I honestly think 14-3 and three is even likely. I can't believe I'm saying this to you right now, but I honestly truly believe it. You could, if you win this game to, on Sunday, I have no issue seeing you go the rest of the way with two losses at most. It, it's looking positive. I mean, how many people besides myself are still looking at that Seattle game going, what could have been, man? Not very many, I'm sure. Just just because like you've racked up so many like signature wins since then, I, I think people have almost kind of forgotten about that. Yeah, but had they been able were able to pull that out, they would have been seven uh, seven and zero. That would have been insane, would it not? Yeah. And if anyone would have said, although if anyone would have said you were going to be. Five and one at this point, no one would believe you. Right. And they also would have expected that KC was the one loss if they did believe it at all. Right. So, no, I, I think ultimately, I mean, there may still be just a few diehard Michigan fans that want desperately to watch State get stomped into the ground just because the rivalry is what it is. Certainly no State fans out there are excited about this game because they know what's coming. They're probably of the same mindset I am, and that is that we're going to get completely and utterly throttled. I feel like the Lions are absolutely commanding the the attention, all the buzz, all the excitement, all of everything, really. And I don't think it's that much of a shock, honestly, that that would be the case. A lot to do today. Let's hit a quick break. It is happy hour. Much more to do, so stick around. It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And we have 
It's not exactly this list is trash, though Adam is very much convinced that this list is indeed trash. I haven't even seen all the way through the list. I have just heard people complaining about it, and I decided, yes. I agree this, with them, the, even though I haven't read the list. This, li- this list is indeed trash. So, Rolling Stone came out with... Uh, I believe it was last week, the 250 greatest guitarists of all time. I remember back in my day, they put out a list with only 100 guitar players. Yeah, there's too many, they're, they're inviting too many guitarists to the party now. I don't like this. Yeah. This is garbage. I mean, I did take a look at the top 25, and I have very little argument. I did back in 96, and I brought this up when I was on Wings 103, that they put out these lists knowing they're going to stir the pot. That's what they do best. Yeah, in 1996, they put out their 100 list of uh, best guitar players. They put Johnny Ramone from the Ramones at number 20, 20 spots above Eddie Van Halen. And while I, I will tell you that I is Rolling Stones, so they do have, usually, they do take like influence and whatnot into consideration, and certainly, Johnny Ramone influenced like every one of those early Ramones shows. It seems like to end up starting a band. Eddie Van Halen kind of did the same. Eddie Van Halen definitely did the same. Eddie Van Halen right now is still inspiring people to pick up the guitar. I had a band uh, in here last Friday, Wanted from Detroit. Uh, the average age was twenty years old for this band, and they had that eighty sound, and it, it was because of uh, George Lynch. Eddie Van Halen, those kind of guys. And you will be happy to know that Eddie Van Halen did move up in the rankings this year. I saw year. it quite a bit, actually. He is, he is rated number four all time now. Yeah. And there there is some real... I don't have any disagreements with the... T- well, except for maybe Joni Mitchell. But, uh, again, she inspired a lot of people. Really good songwriter. She really used the guitar to help her voice uh, and everything else. But, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. Let's just go ahead and give away number one right now, Jimi Hendrix. I find that one hard to argue with. No. Almost impossible, really. He revolutionized how you play the guitar, how you use the amp in relation to the guitar. I remember, was it uh, Pete Townsend was talking to, uh, I think Jeff Beck pulled him aside and says, we're in trouble. I just saw (laughs) this guy, Jimi Hendrix, and we're in trouble. No, without a doubt, like he he absolutely revolutionized the entrance. Now they're number two. I, I think you can argue in a similar way. Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry, what, practically invented rock and roll. Oh yeah, uh, taking those blues riffs and amping them up. No pun yeah. intended. So I mean, yeah, everybody learned how to play Johnny Be Good. Uh, he was really. Is he still alive? I don't know if he's still alive at this point. I feel like he passed relatively recently. Uh, Johnny be dead? Unfortunately. We'll, gotcha. We'll put him on the... I mean, he he was up there, man. I mean, he... Oh, yeah. He lived, like, well into his... He, okay, so he passed in 2017. He okay, would have yeah. been 90. Yeah, I mean, he, there's... Again, an argument made. He revolutionized. Like, he, he completely reinvented. Like, he invented rock and roll guitar, period. Full stop. Yeah. Can't argue against that one. Number without, three... Without Chuck Berry, there's no uh, Jimi Hendrix. Anyway... No Jimi Hendrix, no a lot of these guys. Jimmy Page at number three. Oh, I love Jimmy Page. And yeah, obviously Zeppelin, again, a band that inspired a million bands, but he was also very early involved in Yardbirds. a lot of those English blues bands, like the Yardbirds. That was, that, that was the big one. Like he got, he played on so many records back in those days that weren't even like his. Like he was just a session musician, but 
Yeah, absolutely iconic and can't really argue it. Van right. Halen, of course, at four. Yes. Jeff Beck at five. Respect Jeff Beck. Don't really get into him. Does that make sense? I mean, I... That's fair, but again, in, influential, and he too was part of those early lineups of the Yardbirds. Yes, he was. And a, another guy who inspired a, a ton of people. Heard he was also in the Jeff Beck group. Yeah. Huh. Huh. You're, you, you've got jokes today, apparently. <laughs> uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp at six. Again, rock and roll before rock and roll was really a thing. Nile Rogers from Chic at seven. See, I never really knew him as a guitar player. I, I guess I just never knew. I mean, like she had the definitive like you know, disco funk guitar sound. Yeah, but they really both the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Rolling Stone. They just want to give Chic uh, all all the kudos. They had like one hit, and and he's he's done so many things for other other artists too. Like he's played on so many other people's tracks. I mean, he still obviously got quite a bit of influence because he, he played on that that Daft Punk track that you couldn't get away from for about a good five years. <laughs> like like it very much like still influencing guitar players even now. So no, I I will absolutely say that that, that one is every bit of that he deserves every bit of that top spot. BB King at eight. Love BB King. Love him. He he can make like just carry out one note for like a couple measures and just say more than some people, some of the like, the shredders, quote unquote, could do. Yeah, like that that kind of guitar style that's never really been. I mean, everyone's tried to duplicate since, but you make guitar sing like nobody's business, man. Oh yeah, Lucille. Absolutely, number nine, Joni Mitchell, which we 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 established. Dwayne Allman at ten. Oh, Dwayne. Oh, so. Try to try to come up with a southern rock song without Dwayne Allman. Go ahead, try. I mean, he's so good. Like, what? He, and he didn't have a whole lot of time. Like he he was taken pretty early on. Like he was twenty four when he died. Yep. But so many things he did with, with the Almonds and even even you know the the sessions he did with, with Clapton, the whole Derek of the Downs thing. Like he yep. he was so just ridiculously like almost before his time, and you you really wonder what would have happened had he. Had he stuck around? Had he? Were he still playing? I mean, I, I most of these I can't really argue too much. Carlos Santana at eleven, uh, Jimmy Nolan, who was a guitarist for James Brown's band at twelve, Tony Iommi at thirteen. There was one oh, that oh, you yeah, took well, particular yeah. section to though. Iommi, he uh, started. He was like the he godfather invented of an entire metal, genre too. Metal guitar, yeah. Right. I mean, from there, Prince, Keith Richards, Robert Johnson. I mean, yes. Th- there's. It's really hard to argue any of these. I, I feel like a lot of people would question Tom Rello at 18. I am not one of them. Like, I absolutely, that that's well-deserved. Uh, another that, thing of the, uh, that rage rock kind like, of sound. that, that so it, was, it wasn't just his playing. It was the sound of it. Yeah, that man was getting more, like, so many different, like, basically using the guitar as, at, at getting turntable noises out of it, basically. Yes, very much and so. And there weren't a lot of guys that were... Doing that. Now, you did take exception to something on this list, though, if I remember correctly. Well, mid-list somewhere, they have, uh, they had like, uh, Joan Jett. Which, right. I mean, Joan Jett is uh, the rock chick supremo. Absolutely. Time in the Runaways, her solo career. Right. Uh, but then further down the list, they have guys like Nuno Betancourt. Nuno Betancourt, like this is a list of t- uh, 250. I think Nuno Bet- Betancourt is in the 240s. 
Something like that from, from I mean, Extreme. The guy is a fantastic guitar he player. He sure, I mean, yeah, he is, and he's technically proficient and everything else, but again, it, it does at some point come down to influence, and yeah, that's how Rolling Stone looks at these things, much the same way as they do with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame listings, and I don't think there's any denying that Joan Jett inspired more people to pick up a guitar than Nuno Betancourt did. I Nuno was probably the guy, the guy that inspired a lot of people, like, I can't do that. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> he, he inspired a lot of people to put down the guitar. Right. We, we got so many bass players that year. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, you, you, just like the thing we talk about with Johnny Ramone, like the influencing so many people, like, I can do this and write really good songs and don't need to be just shredding up and down the, the fretboard to do it. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that does... That does make sense because in the seventies when you had the uh, the punk, and then in the nineties again when like Nirvana, it inspired a lot of people. It's like that doesn't sound too hard, and they're doing a good job at it. I can do that, right? Like I I have I have good you know I I can play chords well enough. I've got something to say. Let you know I want to I want to do this. Like no like you don't have people sitting around listening to like. You know, punk being kind of the counter to like the, the prog stuff of the seventies. Your Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, the and disco. King Crimson's, and yeah. the, the disco to an extent too. But it, it, it's not you know the most. But that side where it's not like totally very accessible stuff. The, the prog rock right, isn't. Right, right, right. Whereas the punk was like, okay, I, I, the, it's it's simple. It makes me feel something, and that's that in itself is enough to to make me want to go out there and do this. That, that sort of thing that really can't be understated. We got to hit a break, though. Nick Lean's got your news headlines coming up after ABC News covers the world at 6 o'clock on WMIC AM and W237EQFM Sandusky. Stick around. It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And it's once again that time of the week for really my favorite bit that we do on this show. Sean and Adam's Unsolicited Advice, where real people with real problems send real questions to real advice columnists. Unfortunately for them, intercepted. We get our hands on them. We, I think, give better advice than the people who get paid to do this for a living. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of what we do. Well, it's more entertaining. Advice. Oh, it's, it's definitely more entertaining advice for uh, sure. Well, and there's, sometimes there's some legitimate Occasionally advice. Occasionally we do yeah. I think we do better though. I think that's fair. Sure. Okay. Legi- I will who needs our help today, Sean? Well, I'll tell you. Dear somebody who cares, my girlfriend has been going through a slow-moving train crash at work, a crisis drawn out over more than a year that has left her jittery, weepy, and on edge. It's really hard to encapsulate just how awful this period of her life has been, but she's been working more than 100 hours a week for months, burst Ooh. into tears spontaneously, is clearly burned out, and just keeps grinding on to save her team, most of whom have already been fired, her projects, all but one has been shelved, and to try to deliver on commitments she's made to customers and businesses she has partnered with. I have begged her to ease back and get some help, but she has shut me down completely and instead decided what she really needed was a new challenge, which translates into a course and a literal team coding challenge event over several weeks, adding an extra 30 hours of course and teamwork to an already impossible week. And I'm at my wit's end. How do you persuade somebody who can never take their foot off the pedal to just stop the insanity? In full disclosure, I went through something similar more than a decade ago, and it only ended with a suicide attempt that very nearly succeeded, and for which she's never quite forgiven me. I am terrified, and she keeps insisting, I'm not you. I don't just give up when things get hard. It hurts. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Well, it sounds like she's taking that other course. Maybe she's uh, trying to get some more training to find a, a, a better job, maybe. 
Well, it, 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 I don't think it's, it, it's not another job. Like, it, it's another th- part of her current job. Yeah, that's a, it's a tough one. We have, everybody has really kind of talked about uh, this kind of work mentality. We've talked about it on this show at length. Yeah, I mean, we're the, uh, the workplace running people to the ground past what they're uh, mentally capable to do for the betterment of the, the big boss's paycheck. I hate, yeah. to be, I hate to be so callous about it, but, I mean, there's really no way to tiptoe around it. There's a lot of businesses that are relying so much on their their staff, and they, well, we're a team here. We're a team, so we all need to pull together as a team. Anyway, I'm going on vacation, uh, mandatory overtime. We're working seven days. Bye-bye, everybody. I'll call you. I'll bring you back some suntan lotion. Yeah, you guys have fun on your... Uh you know, have fun work working so I can go and take another vacation. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you well, love we that. We got a pizza party going on, so yeah, you're going to love that. Well, yeah, who doesn't love a good corporate pizza party? Yeah, because that's uh, what we here, really here's want. one pepperoni pizza uh, sliced into 32 slices. So yeah, enjoy and just want to let you know we're family. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. She. It's one of those things where she's going to have to ask for the help. Because if there's a suicide attempt in there, and she blames him, she blames him for stopping it. No, it was it was his. He attempted to. Oh, I, I think it's what it sounds like. She's yeah yeah. He is the one who tried to off himself, oh. and she was. She's never forgiven him for that. And then apparently says things like, "I don't just give up when things get hard." Like, yeah, that's a garbage thing to say to your the person that you're supposed to want to be with the rest of your life. Right. That's wow. Yeah. If that's her response, that that should have already been enough for you to to leave her anyway. She might she might have been saying give up as far as a job, not life. Because uh, he's probably said many times. You need to find something else. You you're you're wrecking yourself. You need to find another job. And she's probably thinking, and, and I know a lot of people who are going through this in their workplace. It's going to get better, right? It's it's got to get better. I Hang mean, in there, right? I mean, I I don't know really how you address her at this point. Like, I don't think she has any interest interest whatsoever in changing. What she's doing and being this just extreme obsessive workaholic, and there's a good chance, like you're not gonna, if that is the case, that she's totally fine with this and just being in a constant mental breakdown. And I don't know what you can do. And honestly, you're probably uh, your best option here is to move on. It's kind of looking that way, unfortunately, because you're not going to change her, and if you do, she's going to resent you. Exactly. Like, there's no way that this thing heads towards anything other than a either bitterness or resentment on hers or your part, no matter what ha- here happens. Yep. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, that's that sounds about right. It, which I mean, sucks, but I don't know what else you can do. Like, I, I feel like you're you're kind of at your you're you're, you're kind of at. At a crossroads here, man. Like I, I don't see this getting any better with you two being together. She, she's not willing to bend on this, and 
when she's our, like, like I said, the, the, the big red flag was the last thing at the end there, the I'm not you, I don't just quit when things get hard. I just, you know, make myself an emotional wreck. You yeah. know, that's, yeah. that's so much better of a thing to do. I just make uh, everybody around me miserable. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that's my solution here. My, my advice, like, if, if she's, I mean, talk it out as best you can, but if, if she's, like, not willing to change the things that are clearly causing her all the stress, then, well, move on. Or get hired into that company, then become her boss. And fire her. I, I mean, <laughs> I guess you're already napalming the relationship too at that point. But I don't, I don't see how that helps. I mean, so you're my boss now, yeah. And uh, you want to step in the office here for a second? It's a, uh, it's uh, really gets the HR for uh, you to date your uh, superior. So I uh, want to thank you for all the time. Ah! you i want to thank you for all the time that you put in this this company i know firsthand how much <laughs> i want you dead i wish you would have succeeded <laughs> like my god man like yeah no call it quits right here and now what what did mess you up if they're they're talking about working at a subway <laughs> like the restaurant <laughs> <laughs> right, like like it's not even like some big like corporate gig. It's it's like literally food service. She, she's rocking back and forth in a shower and a cold shower. Going like, why are you I, letting this place do this to you? Really, I I don't know what to do. They want meatballs. So we're out of meatballs. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh good god. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. They said toasted. You forgot. You didn't toast it. That come down from the ledge, baby. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's do another one of these real yeah. quick, shall we? Dear, oh, not them, anybody but them. Yeah. Participating in the comment sections of websites is taking up more and more of my time. I'm not sure if it's social isolation or what, but every day I spend an hour reading and responding to stories online. I, 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 why do you think I picked this one? Most websites require you to log in to receive content, but that also allows commentary to happen. I need help because this activity is a source of stress and frustration that I would like to remove from my life. Thoughts? Uh, yeah. As he points at me during oh, this yeah. whole, during my entire reading of that letter, because he knows that I'm that guy. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. We have been on stage playing a song, and in between songs, you would stop, go to your amp, turn on your phone, and start flaming somebody on Facebook. I, the, hang on a second, Sean. They want to hear this. Hang on a second. You you suck too! Exclamation I, point! Exclamation. Poop emoji. <laughs> I I had a problem, man. Like I, I'm not even gonna try and, and tell you otherwise, because that's why I picked this letter. Because I've been there. Yeah, I've been that guy. Yeah, it's hard because you go by and you're thinking this person is so clueless that I I need to set them straight, or if if only for my own inner peace but it's never your own inner peace they just you can't argue have a stupid argument with an idiot because they have home field advantage exactly i mean i guess here like what is it that you're really trying to accomplish other than changing idiots minds on the internet and like i said yeah, i've been this guy i quit all of the the, I, I kind of purged all of the discussion groups locally for a long time for that reason because I just was that guy that felt compelled to jump into every stupid online debate ever. I, I'll be the first to tell you that's the case. So, I mean, I guess it's what are you looking to get out of all of this? No, are you, it, is it social belly. connection or is it you really feel so strongly about your beliefs that you need to... 
that you need to yell them at people in all caps on the internet. Yeah. So because I guess that's really what what the next course determines what the next course of action should be. Like, do you just need to like go out and find friends somewhere? Like, do something that's like. Pers- you know, re- relevant to your interests, or do you like that need to start getting, you know, g- getting involved in politics or activism or whatever, and that's how you find your meaning in life or your connection or whatever? Because clearly, it's not this. Yep, it's it's a bad Except that'll wormhole make it- to go down, and it it I, you've never really heard anybody say, "Oh, that was a nice uh, exchange." I think I've made a new friend. I, I'm 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 so glad I wasted this time on this person, really, on on a stupid argument over you know whether stores should be open 24 hours a day or whatever. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I won that one as it turns out. Like he, he immediately backtracked. So so okay, sidebar to the yeah, advice, real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. So someone posted one of those stupid change.org petitions on a local group about a certain big box store that used to be open 24 hours that no longer is and calling for them to, you know, reopen. And while I realize that a petition on change.org is going to change exactly nothing, I I had to, like, all right, cool. This is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board here. But someone had commented something about, well, you know, they should just shop, you know, Earlier in the day, like just just make it work. Like if anything, stores should close earlier because basically people who are on second and third shift, nope, don't matter. Just shop before work because you know yep. you can totally keep your perishables in your car while you're working. Because you know I've got yeah. we, we have a a chest freezer here at South at uh, here here at the South State Studios yep. through which I can just keep all my stuff until I get home at night. That's totally an option for me. Yeah, I, so guarantee, this, I guarantee the person that wrote that uh, was, was a retiree, didn't have a job, or maybe never had a job, and that's just maybe their spouse always worked, and that's how you know they lived their life. That's well, they 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 went on this this quite this this tangent about oh people wanting handouts and yada 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 like this is the person this is the person who apparently works a hundred hours a week and comes home as a mentally exhausted mess is what I took from this uh, yeah like I'm pretty sure it's the first person that was getting written about <laughs> is, is is this person here yeah that person probably I I disagree I, I, I did all this she- like. Because she said, or she, he, oh, I don't know. It yeah, was an yeah. ambiguous name and no Facebook profile. Oh, yeah, it was right. just the gray uh, silhouette picture. Uh-huh. Um, and this, like, I did these jobs and worked so many jobs together and worked out, so many hours. I worked 60 hours a week. You know, I found time to do all the things. I never asked anybody for a handout. Who said anything about asking for a handout? <laughs> just asking Where did the that store? come up? So, Where did you make that whole entire point out of thin yeah, air? Asking for a handout, that's a knee-jerk reaction to almost anything. I'm not complaining about working multiple jobs. All uh, I'm asking is that stores be open when I can actually buy groceries. I could post something right there. Man, I really wish it stopped raining. And somebody like, uh, uh, blah, Stop blah, asking blah. for a handout. Hey, handout. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary's emails anyway, sir. <laughs> America flag, America flag, America flag. Well, of course, <laughs> always multiple of those. Or, or that guy from Stained. That oh no! <laughs> shot like, shot like, <laughs> like thirty coyotes and made it spell Trump twenty twenty four in dead coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, 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 I guess this up. No, that's oh, that's a, that's somehow no. This actually surprised me. Yeah. Is, is this where Nick cues up some stained over on TGV? Is that what, what, what happens here? I think I feel like that's where this is headed. Anyway, yeah. the point, the moral of the story here is yeah. just. Slowly back away from the computer. Yes. It's not worth it. Like, if it's seriously affecting your whole mental state for the rest of your day, and I say this as someone who was affected for the rest of the day by this stupidity, step away, back away from the computer. Yes. It's exactly. okay. Unplug. Take a break. You know, go out and, and find some friends some other way because you're, you, I can guarantee you, you're not going to find the social connection you're looking for in the comment section on Facebook. It's exactly. not going to happen. Correct. It, it, it's not. And and the, the, the sooner you accept that, the sooner you, you convince yourself of this and accept it, the happier you'll be. I promise. I, I speak from very much from experience on this. Hope any of that helped. Bring back 24-hour grocery shopping. John McMurray's got your weather forecast next. It is happy hour on The Voice of the Thumb, WMIC 660 and 95.3 FM. It is happy hour. He's Adam Harehuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And we've been on a few <laughs> first dates in our time, you know, at yes. our, over the years. And usually, at least in my experience, I think I've, I've picked up the, the tab for most, if not all of them. Yeah, I, 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 I like how that thing of uh, masculine domination still sticks around. You notice how everything else is just kind of like, oh, well, you know, I, a woman can drive uh, the, the guy around during a date. But he's got to pick up the check. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just the the time honored tradition of you know, you buy, I'll fly. That's just that that's just general <laughs> etiquette. Anyway, I I, I yeah. believe actually Emily Post wrote about that. <laughs> buy, I'll fly. You, <laughs> <laughs> Emily Poza, uh, time honored tradition of her article. He who smelled it dealt it. Right. <laughs> so, no, it, it lines up. I'm pretty sure, but no, that's that is one thing that's never really died. And one guy just really got tired of that because it, apparently there. You hear every so often that there's women who will literally just go out on multiple first dates with guys just to you know get a free dinner or whatever, and then go yep. to them and never talk to them again. Yep. And apparently, this guy thought that that's where this was headed. So he decided to cut that right off of the pass. An Atlanta woman went viral on TikTok when she was stuck with the bill after downing four dozen oysters as an app while on a date at some highfalutin oyster house in Atlanta. So you say app, you're talking about appetizer. Correct. And then she was going to also have dinner. Correct. Oh man, she was going to, that was going to come upstairs. That was going, she was going to vomit. Yeah, that wasn't going to end well. No. While social media views were shocked at the woman's dating etiquette, the restaurant noted it's pretty normal for dates to go awry and revealed that business. Business has been booming ever since the video was posted. <laughs> Quote, she had a good time and, you know, it was just another Tuesday, the general manager of the restaurant told Rolling Stone. On Tuesdays, a customer can enjoy the special oyster app, a dozen oysters, free as $15. This TikToker enjoyed hers so much, she wanted to order three more. Wow. So it wasn't like, okay, I downed the first one. That was good. Bring in a second one. You know what? I really enjoy. How about third one? All right. I'm being bad. Bring me a fourth one. It was just like, bring me three more. I don't know if it was in wow. a row. Like, I, I, Where did I, he find this woman? Underneath an overpass? Well, apparently on TikTok, because she's some sort of viral something or other. So she did that, that to the astonishment of her date, who then bailed on the evening and the tab, leaving her to finish her meal alone. 
I mean, I, I don't agree. I, I wouldn't agree with a woman doing that, so I shouldn't agree with a man doing that. But I, you kind of do. I, I think it's funny because it sounds like she's probably had every intention of, you know, oh, yeah, hey, everybody, make sure you hit like and subscribe. I, I just racked up a big old bill on 840 lobsters. <laughs> I'm never answering here. this guy's text yeah, again. Yeah, oh, here's the text. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at the crying emoji. Look at what it, what it was. <laughs> look at that poor sucker. <laughs> right. So that, that, that's what he gets for. <laughs> For trying to, to date someone whose like primary like goal in life is to go TikTok viral, yeah, that, that, I, I that'll, that'll learn him. I mean, somebody needs to pull this young man aside though, and say and explain to him as you realize that oysters are an aphrodisiac. See, I didn't she, know that. Yeah, oysters are supposedly an aphrodisiac. Like so when she, you eat four dozen of them, though, four dozen, she was probably <laughs> waiting for a cab and just rubbing on a. <laughs> Rubbing on a fire hydrant. <laughs> she, oh my god! She was probably. <laughs> I don't. I. I don't get that <laughs> feeling because I'm pretty sure if that was the case, that he wouldn't have been in such a hurry to get out of there after you know he a sixty dollar appetizer. He probably didn't know. He's probably like forty lobs. Oh, I'm. I'm definitely uh, gonna have a good close to this night. She probably hired an Uber. That Uber gave her five stars. I don't know if I necessarily think that that's what's going on here. And apparently, there are women who. And they see this restaurant who've eaten, who have had six dozen each. She, apparently, there's one guy in an oyster eating competition who ordered fifteen dozen, which I I can't even comprehend that. Yeah, like, I, I, and I like seafood. Seafood. I've never had one oyster, not an oyster on the half shell. I think I've had it like fried and, and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, not not outright slurp it right off the. Ew, I, yeah, that doesn't sound. Not that I wouldn't try it, but. I don't know, just the consistency of it. But the idea of, okay, you, you're clearly just racking up all of the tab on this thing, and yeah. your your guy just doesn't, just decides he's not feeling it, I'm not getting stuck with this bill, see you later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm also not of the mindset that, uh, okay, women, you have to uh, pretend you you don't know how to eat, that if we take you out for dinner, get a salad or something stupid like that. No, yeah, no, no, don't do that. But when you go into an appetizer, oh, let's take oysters out of it. Let's say, oh, I really really like this garlic bread. Bring me four more helpings of garlic bread. What is that going to say? Well, I mean, garlic bread in most places, you know, comes with your meal. So, I mean, it's not like she's racking up extra extra on the tab doing How about that. fried mushrooms? You got a first date coming to uh, your place of business, and she says, oh, those fried mushrooms were good. Bring me three more. No one comes to my place on a first date. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I've had, I've had a couple, and they, and, and they ended up going so, it was better than you would expect for taking, for, for taking a date there but, yeah <laughs> but, but no like i, I was they, they bring it for dinner like, for, we're not yeah. we're, we're the place you come for you know food to, to soak up all the booze you drink we're not like yeah. we're not fine cuisine here man yeah. like you take her to a nice <laughs> restaurant and then take her the, you know. the lady will have the mini tacos she will have a sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> she like your, your your finest your finest sweetheart shot her pink starburst whatever don't care <laughs> Your finest, eh, something fruity. Uh, uh, some liquid panty remover for the lady, please. <laughs> right. So that's yeah. not a problem we run into so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really uh, condone. Uh, condone the guy jumping out on that bill. Uh, but I understand it. I entirely understand it. You know what? So, sometimes it's just nice to to take to get the W where you can get it. Like how many times is someone you know guy taking a girl out for dinner? Multiple you know 
girls out for dinner on first dates, a nice restaurant, and just get ghosted because you were looking for a free meal. I mean, yep. turnabout's fair play at some point, right? Oh, yeah. There was that little bit of time I was uh, single between uh, when I got married and when I finally met Dorothy. Uh, yeah, there's the da- the dating pool is very shallow. It, indeed it is. Like, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of parasitic organisms in there. No, w- w- without a doubt that's the case. This is see this is why I'm glad like I haven't had to deal with this stuff in like almost 10 years now, man, cuz like I couldn't I could never jump back in the dating pool. I wasn't good at it then. I feel like I'd be even worse at it now. You turn into like one of those guys, like, "Hello, milady." Oh god. <laughs> some a guy simp. with a fedora. Oh god. If, if you ever if, if some for some reason Rachel ever wises up and leaves me yeah. and you see me buy a fedora, <laughs> Slap me. If Just I ever, slap me yeah, and, and tell yeah. me that bad. Bad Sean, don't do that. <laughs> if I ever hear you call somebody milady, I'm like, Sean, let's go outside to the backyard. Come here. Come here. Uh, close your eyes. <laughs> I'm sorry. It has to be. I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll take- <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second, milady. I'll be back in a minute. No, he won't. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, we got picks to do coming up. And if you're listening on the AM, flip over to uh, 95.3 FM. As uh, well, in this space, you're going to be hearing some sort of New York sports coming up. Otherwise, Boo. as uh, we get set to close out this show, here it is happy hour on WMIC AM Sandusky. that time of the week again it's it, it's friday we're to the fm only portion of the program and it is time for the picks <laughs> i like how he warns me we're up to the fm part of the show adam well i mean we're just off, hang in there we're off the am for the afternoon okay. so let's get right into picking some games shall we let's do it we start with the uh the one o'clock slate of games on sunday indianapolis they're headed to cleveland to take on the browns Browns don't have a whole lot going for them on the offensive side of things. I believe Deshaun Watson is at least supposed to be back this week. That is, uh, that's the report as of right now. But uh, the Colts are not in a great situation in that regard either. Anthony Richardson's done. So Uncle Rico, Gardner Minshew taking over under center for Indy. Not sure yet whether uh, Watson, as of right now, Watson or P.J. Walker could still start this Sunday. But we know what Cleveland has on defense, at least, and they are favored by three and a half. We start with Adam Earhawk on the pick. Uh, I'm a little surprised you picked this game because, I mean, it, the teams aren't really uh, setting us the night on fire. We were kind of uh, we were kind of scraping the barrel for enough games <laughs> for this bit, man. Uh, you know what? I'm not really reaching for the fences on this one, but go ahead and give me the Colts. Jimmy. All right, so I'm going to go with... Cleveland on this one, although I don't think Watson is going to be back for it, but I think Cleveland's going to squeak it out. I don't think it matters whether or not he's back just because the way that Cleveland's defense has been playing, I mean, Jim Schwartz is arguably the best defensive coordinator in football right now, and the way that he's had that defense firing, I I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that it doesn't matter who you start a QB. Give me the Browns on this. And Drew chimes <laughs> in with uh, Cleveland on this matchup. Up next, we head over to, and this is really, we're only doing this because I want an excuse to make fun of the New England Patriots. They're at home against the Buffalo Bills, and Buffalo is favored by eight. 
really how far the mighty have fallen. It's just kind of funny. Like at this point, we keep hearing that there's a chance that Bill Belichick is not going to make it to the end of this season. Bob Kraft is not exactly uh, is not exactly thrilled, and he's uh, he's out of patience. It seems like. But Buffalo is favored by eight in this one. We'll start with James Tiberius Salt on the pick. I don't think Belichick is going to go anywhere at the end of the season. I think he's pretty much safe because he's won, what, like 20, 30 Super Bowls? Give but what have you done for me lately? Fair. Uh, that being said, give me Buffalo. Adam. I, I With Belichick, yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere because the Boston faithful would have Kraft drawn and quartered right there uh, in Fenway Park. Uh, give me the Bills. See, I kind of disagree, though on the Belichick thing because Boston sports fans also traditionally are very what have you done for me lately. I mean, they wanted to fire Terry Francona out of a cannon and he won them a couple World Series. (laughs) They don't care ultimately. Like they are absolutely willing to throw you out like yesterday's trash if you're not producing now. I think there's a very good chance Belichick like there's going to be a parting of the ways at the end of this season. The question is, is it going to come sooner than that? That said, give me Buffalo and give me the points. Up next, Atlanta headed to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. Of course, the Bucks, as you'll recall, fell to the Lions last week and really just wanted to rub that in their face again. But Tampa Bay is favored by two and a half over the fraudulent Atlanta Falcons. Adam. Tampa is looking for a redemption. They need to come back and make a statement after that, lo- that loss to Detroit. So... Yeah, give me the Bucks, Jimmy. They. Yeah, give me the Bucks to cover. I will also take the Bucks to cover, and looks like Drew's doing the same. Up next, and we'll go ahead and start with Jim on this one because it's the Steelers headed to Los Angeles to take on Matt Stafford and the Stupid Rams, and uh, the Stupid Rams are favored by three in this matchup. And the Stupid Rams are going to lose. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I like it. I like the confidence there. And it would appear that Mr. Duffney agrees with you. Adam Harahuck on the pick. Nope. Mr. Kelly Stafford is going to come out victorious. He and the Stupid Rams are going to win and give me the points. So normally this is where I I would absolutely say, yes, the Rams are going to lose. But here's the thing. Stafford has done quite well this year without having Cooper Cup. Like, Somehow, I don't know how it is that he's able to do this here when he couldn't do it in uh, Detroit, but he just seems to make... He he can make a guy, a a receiver, a great receiver. And also, I have literally no faith in Matt Canada's offensive coordinating skills at this point. I'm not sure I really have faith in your QB either, honestly, Jim. Sorry, I gotta take the Rams here. The stupid Rams. The stupid stupid Rams. Rams. Yes. Absolutely. Up next... KC, they're on the road in Los Angeles to take on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Adam Harahawk on the pick. Oh, give me KC all day. Jimothy. Yeah, Kansas City. KC is favored by five and a half. I will take KC. I will take the points. I will take Brandon Staley getting fired out of a cannon before the bye week. I will amend my pick. The over-under, point-wise, is 48. I'm going to take the over. That seems entirely appropriate here. Drew is also taking KC. Up next, the Dolphins. They are your Sunday night football matchup this week, and they are taking on the Eagles. 
Eagles are favored by two and a half in this game, despite the fact that Miami has the best offense in the National Football League right now. We'll, but they are at home for whatever that might be worth. We start here with Adam on the pick. Yeah, uh, just like with uh, the Bucks, Eagles have something to prove. They lost to the New York Jets. So they are going <laughs> uh-uh. to come out with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, give me the Eagles. Jimothy. I agree. I think, you know, unfortunately, um, Philadelphia is going to be fired up. They're going to want to win. So uh, <laughs> give me the Eagles. You know what? I... I agree that they're they're looking to punish somebody after that after that horrific showing, but I also at this point convinced Philly is a, a bit fraudulent. Jalen Hurts seems to have taken a step back this year. This this team has feasted on not great teams thus far. Like the Dolphins are getting it done. They've been getting it done fairly consistently. They've been not only have they been beating the teams they're supposed to beat, they've been beating them handily. Like, these haven't been close games that they've lost with the exception of the Chargers game. And the Chargers, I don't think that the team is as bad as things would indicate, but more on on their coaching. But the Eagles, meanwhile, I mean, you lost to the Jets. That's already enough. You, you, You held the Commanders a little tighter than that game should have been. I'm just not entirely sold. They were one of the three best teams in the NFC, but they're playing the best team in the AFC. Gimme Miami. Up next, Monday Night Football this week. And we honestly wouldn't be picking this game if it was not Monday Night Football. The Niners and the Vikings. Niners are favored by seven over Minnesota. They're playing in Minnesota for whatever it's worth. And the Niners also looking to make up for their uh, poor showing against Cleveland last week. We start with Jim Alt on the pick. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be much of a game at all. Give me the Niners and the points. Adam. Uh, Ditto. I will also say that the Niners will not trail in the game at all. You know, I I find it hard to go against. I don't think they're going to cover though. Like, th- there is just enough talent on that team that there's no reason that Minnesota shouldn't play them closer than a touchdown. So give me San Fran, keep the points. And then the game we all really care about: your Detroit Football Lions head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. One o'clock start, they are favored. Baltimore favored by three in this one. Lions trying to do something they haven't done in over 60 years and start a season six and one. We start with Adam Harahuck on the pick. Oh, this one's going to hurt. Because I always uh, quote the Raven and all that, but not today. No, it's going to be all Honolulu blue and silver. Give me the Lions. What's your score? Lions, 31. Ravens, 14. Ooh. Bold, bold prediction there. James Tiberius Alt on the pick. I think it's going to be a closer game than that. I do think Detroit is going to pull it off. Um, but I think it's going to be closer than, than what Adam's thinking over there. So give me the Lions, 24-17. <laughs> 24 to 23 and a half. You actually also... Came up with the same score Drew did. He's picking Detroit 24 17. I do agree, it is going to be a close game. Here, though, I think I'm going. Because the over under on this thing's 43. I'm going Detroit 24, Baltimore 21. I was just going to change my score to that. But. <laughs> 
Well, too late for that now, Jim. I don't know what to tell you there. But let's move on and... Uh, oh, this is going to hurt. At least it's going to hurt me. <laughs> let's do some college picks, shall we? My show, the music, please. We're not starting there yet, though. No, we're going to give me a sec to work my way into my depression. <laughs> we'll start with what is honestly probably the best matchup of the week. Penn State taking on the Buckeyes in Columbus. The Ohio State. You're a Michigan <laughs> fan. You don't acknowledge the the. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you, 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 think, you think you get to own the word the. Uh, Buckeyes are favored by five. We'll start with... Uh, Adam on the pick, because why not? Yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be the Buckeyes. Jimothy. I am looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a good game. I'm hopeful that it's a good game. And I say, you know what? Bleep Ohio. Give me Penn State. <laughs> that's the spirit. That, that's what I like to hear right there. I don't have college picks from Drew, so I guess I'll, I'll lay mine out there. And you know what? I think this Ohio State team is, uh, shall we say, a tad fraudulent. I'm not buying it. Ryan Day's, Ryan Day, like apparently, is on the hot seat pretty bad down in Columbus. Like they're they're just waiting for Urban Meyer to come back and save them. And I'll tell you the same thing that we had to tell State fans earlier this week. That's not going to happen. You know what? Give me Penn State with the upset. Tennessee taking on Bama next. Because we actually have a a couple good actual ranked uh, matchups here. Bama is only ranked 11 in the nation. Can we just soak that moment in? I love it, and they're still favored by nine over over the Volunteers. So we'll start with Jimothy on the pick. Uh, Bama. Adam. Yeah, uh, roll tide. You know, I really don't want to pick Bama here. You know what? I'm not gonna pick Bama here. You know what? There you go. Give give me a, a, the double upset special here. Give me give me Tennessee. Up next, Duke. They kind of a, a surprise success story of the uh, college football season. They are ranked 16th. They're coming into Florida State in a primetime game in which the Seminoles are favored by 14. Wow. And that's it's not hard to see why Florida State is. One of the best, you know, one of the best teams going. They are undefeated, six and zero. Duke's done better than they should have. They knocked off, they almost knocked off Notre Dame. They upset Clemson, but Clemson is not the Clemson of old necessarily. And they beat North Carolina State so hard, like there, 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 there should probably be battery charges pressed against them. Twenty-four to three that game. <laughs> so, fourteen and a half point dog though. We start with Adam Herrhot. Uh, yeah, give me the Seminoles, but keep the points. Good on Duke, though. I mean, who, outside of basketball, nobody expected Duke to do this well in college sports. Jimmy, the- yeah, Duke is not usually who you think of when it comes to football. <laughs> uh, and it's cool to see them playing well this season. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to pull this one off. Give me Florida State. Like, Florida State is on their Like, they're going to win the ACC title this year. There's just no way around it. I know I've been going just upset special this week. I can't I can't do it with this. Give me Florida State. But you know what? I, I too, am going to, we're going to keep the points. 
Utah, USC. Utah ranked 14th in the nation. USC ranked 16th. Sorry, 18th. They come in at 6-1. and one. Utah rolls in at 5-1. and one. USC favored by 7. Adam. Yeah. Oh. Give me the USC and all of those sweet, succulent points. Jimmy the. I'm going to go Utah. Do I dare go the upset again? No, no, we're taking USC. Sorry. Can't. I can't do it. I thought about it, but not happening. And then this game, I guess we got to do. Michigan favored by 24 over stage. Adam. <laughs> I don't even have funny things to say here. Just pick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. I got a full five minutes of stand up ready to go. Um, Cue the Seinfeld music. <laughs> yeah. uh, give me Michigan, but you can keep the points. Yeah. Lay, you know, lay a score down for me. Why not? All right. Uh, Michigan, 32, State, 21. You have far more faith in this offense than I do, Adam. Jimothy. Here's the thing. Like I, I think this game is going to be close the first half. I think Michigan State's going to hang in there with them because it's a rivalry game. Um, State always plays well against Michigan. And so I think Michigan's going to pull it off. They're not going to cover. Give me Michigan 45-31. High score and a fair. Again, I, I feel like you guys have far... I, I can't believe I'm the, the one who's the pessimist when it comes to this team, but here we are. Oh, give me U of M 47-14. to 14. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, if, if they manage to, to put... I'll, I'll be happy if they actually put up two touchdowns, but... Call in the Red Cross. Honestly, you might have to with this game, man. I have, I have no confidence in, in in this squad or the coaching or anything about any of it. There's your picks. We've survived barely. Oh, that was that that was rough. I can't believe that I'm actually the the, the worst. You know, when it comes to like picking for my school <laughs> for for the school that I root for, you guys have more faith in them than I do. Right. This 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 is sad. That being said, we have one more bit of business to take care of before we get out of here. In our weekly attempt to cleanse our souls, Happy Hour would like to apologize to Shane Godlesbeer, the Care Bears, Louisiana, Disney, Evgeny Malkin, and Phil Kessel. We're sorry. Stick around. Jesse Kelly up next after ABC News covers the roll at 7 o'clock here on 95.3 W237EQFM Sandusky. All being well, we'll talk to you next week. Well, depending on just how bad the slaughter state is tomorrow. See ya!